Good afternoon, everyone. We're glad to have you here to learn more about what to do when starting a business. I'm Jess Staub. I'm here on behalf of Stock and Leader, Attorneys at Law. For those of you who may be unfamiliar with Stock and Leader, it's a regional law firm in central Pennsylvania. Uh, it offers legal services in the practice areas of business, personal, and public. Joining me is Mrs. Lawyer Kate Hines. Uh, she focuses on areas of business and commercial transactions, business planning, and commercial real estate and finance. Also joining us is Rebecca Hanlon, president of Our York Media. Um, she will share some of her experiences of starting up her business with the help of Kate. Um, and Kate will explain the steps that she took with Rebecca um, and how it broadly applies to anyone who's starting a business. So I'm about to turn it over to Kate and Rebecca in a bit, but in the meantime, just a reminder that you are welcome to answer, to ask questions at any time by commenting below the video. Um, we will do our best to respond in a timely manner. Just keep in mind that we're giving fairly general advice today as we do not have an attorney-client relationship. Um, so Kate, do you want to get us started and talk a little bit more about your background and experience? Sure. Um, so I've been at Stock and Leader for five years, um, and as Jess indicated, I practice mostly in business law and real estate. I also have a concentration in intellectual property, which is trademarks and copyrights, things of that nature. Um, I'm pretty involved in the New York community. Uh, right now, I sit on the YWCA Junior Board, the board of Downtown Inc. and uh, United Way. So, um, Kate, thank you <laughs> for giving us that brief rundown. Um, and Rebecca, also, do you want to talk a little bit more then about how you started up your own business and the relationship that you had with Kate when you were starting up? Sure. So, uh, my husband Will and I started Our York Media um, in 2015. Uh, we're former newspaper journalists, and when my husband was laid off, uh, we decided that we wanted to start our own business. Um, there were a lot of pressures at the time because I was pregnant with our first child and we knew we had to get things running and off and, and just established so that we could pay our bills. And so that was kind of our first priority um, in, in getting going, but um, today we serve as York County's good news outlet um, in telling really community-centric stories and kind of getting to that point over a series of transitions uh, was very helpful with Kate. Sure, so what does your relationship look like today with Kate? How often do you talk with her? What are some of the questions that you have for her? It started out where when we knew we wanted to start the business, I went to a York Young Professionals event and said, who knows somebody that can get us an LLC? Um, and actually Dylan Bauer was at that event and said, you gotta call Kate Hines. So um, he gave me her number and I gave her a call I think the following day. And at that point it was really just like, the basics. We needed to get an LLC established. Everybody had kind of told us in, in terms of how to get started, you need an accountant and you need an attorney. And we were fortunate that my father-in-law is a CPA, so we had that going for us. Um, but we really just needed that component of an attorney who could guide us in what was the best way to get established. So today that relationship is usually going back and forth on updating things we rebranded our business about a year into it so we changed the name of our llc and um, that was um, done with the help of kate to say okay we need to mix this up and, and do it differently um, 
we are finding that we still have to update that in places. So just recently, um, I was emailing Kate saying, oh, I, we forgot to do, you know, I forgot to do this here. Can you walk me through the process? And she worked um, with us to update some information because we made a hire and needed to update information with the IRS. And we're working with um, an accountant at RKL and then Kate to help us do that. So it's usually touching base on updating contracts when we work with new clients or when we bring on a hire um, to make sure that everything is just set up the way it's supposed to be. And you know, the relationship with Rebecca is kind of the ideal situation uh, for a lawyer. You know, uh, Rebecca and, and Will came in um, right when they were starting and we created that relationship right away and as I advanced in my career and their business grew, uh, we continue that relationship and um, they're able to come to me with a variety of questions, um, some of which I can, I can do and I can help them with certain contracts, but we also have other lawyers for some of their other issues related to employment that I've been able to refer them to. Um, so it's been an awesome symbiotic relationship, I think, for both of us. So whenever a new business comes in, Kate, what are some of the things that you talk to those potential business owners about? So normally when someone comes in and they say, I want to start a business, the first thing we talk about is, do you want to form an entity? Uh, that's the first thing we talked about. And uh, most people are forming an LLC. Um, in that conversation, it largely has to do with you know, how many people are going to be in your business and what is the relationship between you going to be. So um, we talk about things like what happens down the line in case uh, one of the owners passes away um, or somebody wants to sell one of their interests and, and how is that entity going to be taxed. It's all different depending on the structure of the business. So that first consultation is really just working those things out and, you know, any other issues they have, naming issues, so you mentioned an LLC is what most people choose, but what are the different types of business structures that you're mm -hmm. able to help people to form? So in the for-profit world, the entities you generally see are the limited liability company, that's the LLC, uh, limited partnerships, uh, general partnerships, which you, gen you don't see anymore, those are older entities, and corporations. Um, the LLC really came into vogue 10, 15 years ago in Pennsylvania, um, and it's really taken on uh, you know, the main, the large majority of my practice uh, in forming entities. Um, there were some benefits in the past for folks purchasing real estate to form a limited partnership. Uh, those benefits have now gone away, so we don't see that much anymore. Um, so, and there are also benefits oftentimes to being taxed as an S corporation. I won't get into that, but some accountants will recommend that, and we can elect to uh, have your LLC taxed as an S corporation. So in the for-profit world, 99.9% um, .9 of the time I am forming LLCs. Um, in the nonprofit world, I do that as well. Uh, for any nonprofit folks uh, watching, that's still corporations and we do do that as well. So for anyone who might just be tuning in, you are welcome to ask your own questions. Uh, we have Kate, who is a business lawyer at Stock and Leader, and also Rebecca Hanlon, who's president of Our York Media. We will try to respond in a timely manner to get back to your questions. Just keep in mind that we're only giving fairly general advice today as we do not have a formed client-attorney relationship. 
Um, so a question that goes to kind of both of you is what are some of the biggest challenges to starting a business? You want to start that? Um, I think a lot of it, you have your initial things like concept and making sure that what you want to put out there is what people need or what they're going to receive. We had um, a really great resource um, in Susquehanna SCORE and working with them for mentorship um, to get some feedback on what we were launching um, to connect with some of those business resources so people could at least give us feedback on our idea. Um, from that, it's kind of um, having capital. It's really hard as a new business to get funding that you might need. We're fortunate with the type of business we have. We didn't have a lot of startup costs. Um, where you know you hear people with with restaurants and things like that, it's a totally different game. Um, and then you know staffing and things like that. So a lot of it, I think, is just the idea and then the ability to stick with it and, and put it out there. And then the resources, so not everybody thinks to work with an accountant or an attorney and they try to do things on their own. I am definitely the personality. I want it to be done right and I don't want to have to come back to it later because I, I didn't do it right. Um, that's not my area of expertise and I've always tried to go to people that that's what they do and they know how to do it better and it's going to be done right. So. I think a lot of time entrepreneurs maybe struggle with that. They try to do everything on their own because we're entrepreneurs, that's what we do. Um, but it's really good to find those people who can help you and guide you and, and make sure that everything is done the, the way that it should be. Absolutely. Um, so from my perspective, I mean, my job compared to the entrepreneurs is pretty easy. Um, I'm, I'm the documenter. Um, when I'm sitting down with folks that are starting, um, one of the biggest challenges it, that I see is for them to think concretely about the future. So at the beginning for a lot of businesses, everything is so exciting, which is awesome. Um, but you know, my job is often to be the bearer of bad news and you know, think about the bad things that can happen and trying to think in that way about what happens if this doesn't work or you know, your relationship with your business partner uh, sours in the future. Um, Having those types of conversations is really important and sometimes, you know, it's difficult when you're so excited about your new concept to, to have those conversations, but they're really, you know, important. So, from meeting with all of the people that you do, Kate, what are some of the most frequently asked questions that you get from some of those entrepreneurs when they first come into your office? Um, probably the biggest one is, with people starting out, we're still talking about LLCs, is is it even worth it? You know, so-and-so told me they don't have an LLC and they're just fine. Um, the answer, you know, it isn't really one size fits all. For some folks, it might not make sense. For example, if you have um, a piece of real estate, a large piece of real estate in your personal name, it may not make sense uh, to transfer it to an LLC because you might be hit with uh, transfer tax and you have to weigh the risks of the liability of that. Um, for most folks, it is worth it, uh, particularly if you're doing anything high liability. So driving or having people on your premises, you want to protect your personal assets from your business assets. And if you do it right at the beginning, it, it is the best. Uh, because oftentimes, you know, Rebecca here was smart, uh, she came right at the beginning and you know, that is ideal. Um, I have a lot of folks that will come to me years down the line and they've collected assets um, and liabilities in their personal name and 
you know, you can't go backwards. Um, so you might have taxes or any, any liabilities that cropped up um, before you set up your LLC are not going to be covered by that LLC. Um, so, yeah, kind of went off on a tangent there, but that's a big <laughs> question I get, so. Sure, sure. Uh, any other questions that jump out at you as being most commonly asked? Um, I get a lot of questions about, let's see, naming actually. Um, naming your business uh, is huge. So at, a, at the Corporation Bureau, when you form your LLC, uh, you need a unique name. Um, you can't have any name which anyone else in the state has already taken for an LLC or a partnership or a corporation. Um, and that's different from a trademark. Uh, the, your name at, at the Corporation Bureau of the Department of State will stop anyone else in Pennsylvania from registering the exact same name, but it won't stop somebody in Maryland from registering the same name. Um, and that's where you get into the trademark world. Um, and that's kind of a, a nebulous, you know, large conversation, but lots of people have questions about that. And with the you know, the global marketplace and lots of folks selling um, online, it's becoming a, a bigger issue each year. So. Sure, sure. Um, so some more specific questions. Mm -hmm. How would someone go about determining their startup cost or other expenses when they come to you? I know Rebecca talked earlier about having the capital to start the business. Um, is that part of the discussion that you have with them? Surely you're not their financial right. accountant, but how do you help them through that process? So generally those questions do go to the accountant and you know Rebecca made a really good point. I refer a lot of folks over to SCORE when they're starting up. Sometimes people do come to us too early. Um, they're still in the business planning stage and there isn't really a reason to pay a lawyer at that point um, until you have figured out you know the finances, the capital, and, and all of that. You know. From our perspective, uh, we work closely with accountants often um, to handle those issues. We need to know how much capital you are contributing to your entity at the beginning, your initial capital contribution, we call it. Um, and that's the basis of each person's equity in the business. Um, but beyond that, we really defer a lot to accountants and other uh, professionals. Uh, we're more in the, you know, the words category. <laughs> sure, sure. So at any point in time someone's interested in starting a business, they could use a service like LegalZoom, mm -hmm. but what is the importance of coming to an attorney that's established at some place like Stock and Later? So I think our relationship is actually um, the best example of that. So certainly you can form an LLC on LegalZoom. Most of the time, it, it is set up uh, correctly with some variations, with some issues that we see. But you don't get the relationship with a person um, to explain to you how to actually operate that LLC, that you need separate bank accounts, that you need to, to act um, in a certain way. You just get a stack of papers uh, with no guidance. So there's that initial conversation where you can actually ask questions and have guidance, but then, as your business grows to have a relationship with somebody going forward when if there's an emergency or you need a quick contract review um, or you have an employment issue that you have somebody that even if they can't help they have a network of folks uh, to be able to refer you to. 
Rebecca, is there anything that you would add to that? I mean, you've said you decided yeah. to come to someone who knew more about the legal, <laughs> the legal um, <laughs> world than you did, but I mean, was there anything more that, that came out of the idea that you were going to consult an attorney? Well, there's definitely been things that have crept up as we've grown and as we um, work with new people, or we have new situations that come up um, that I've had to go to Kate and say, hey, we have a project that we're doing tomorrow or in like, you know a couple of days and this issue came up I, I need to know an answer like right away and it would be something that um, you know would just have those legal aspects to it that I'm not familiar with you know I, I have a base knowledge related to our industry but there were, have crept up certain specific things that I just I just need an answer so I'm comfortable tomorrow going into whatever we have ahead of us um, one of the great things as well was, you know, business is a complex thing and we've come up against different issues as we go that I would contact Kate and say, help, <laughs> and she would look into it and maybe it wasn't something that she was able to directly be involved in, but that's where Stock and Leader has other attorneys that with Kate's help, we were able to work with someone else within the firm who could guide us through an employment issue or whatever else may have come up um, that maybe wasn't in Kate's wheelhouse, but because of my relationship with her, we got a connection with someone else that we knew we could trust and work with right away, who already had a base knowledge of our business because she filled them in. And, and that's super helpful because to us, it's, it's being able to keep moving and going. You know, Every day is important. If we have to stop something because we need an answer, um, where we are at this point in our business, that can be detrimental. I mean, we have to keep going. And being able to just give her a call or shoot her an email um, because she already knows who we are and what we do, that's really helpful. Yeah. For anyone who might be tuning in, you're welcome to ask questions at any time by commenting below the video. Um, we're joined by Kate Hines, business lawyer at Stock and Leader, and Rebecca Hanlon, our York Media president. Um, and so a couple more questions sure. that we have. Um, this one is pretty general. How would you minimize risk as an employer? So looking at, this is more of an employment-based mm -hmm. question, but surely you handle yep. those as well. Um, what can you do as an employer to help minimize risk? So one of the things we see often is um, people wanting to control the ability of an employee who learns a lot about their business to be able to compete with them directly after they learn all that. So the only way to really control that is to actually enter into an employment agreement with uh, the individual. Um, you can also uh, control things like protecting trade secret information. Um, so we work sometimes with uh, restaurants who want to protect their recipes or um, other businesses who maybe want to protect their customer list, and you can protect that with certain provisions about confidentiality. Um, and you know, those things are great just so that everybody is on the same page right from the start. Um, you know, your hope is always to never litigate those types of things, it's very expensive. Um, but oftentimes, if you're upfront right from the beginning, everybody knows their obligations and it's discussed, and there's no confusion about. Um, ownership or ability to compete or, or anything like that. So. Kate, you mentioned earlier that you're kind of the person who handles documents. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the different types of paperwork that is needed to start a business? So 
When you say start a business, oftentimes people are say, thinking starting an LLC. Um, really, there's uh, three big documents that we deal with there. The first is your certificate of organization. Uh, that's what you file with the state uh, that forms it. Um, we get uh, a document called an SS4 that allows us to get your federal EIN number, um, which is very important. And three is your operating agreement. Um, there have been changes in the law recently that no longer require an operating agreement for Pennsylvania LLCs. Uh, that is a mistake. Um, I 100% still advise to have an operating agreement. An operating agreement is the contract that governs your entity. It's particularly important if you have more than one person in your LLC. Um, it identifies how decisions are made, um, what happens, as I indicated before, in the case of death, or if somebody wants to sell their interest, how the business is ta uh, taxed, um, what happens if the business uh, dissolves. All of those things need to be spelled out at the beginning. If it's not, and like I said, things go sour, or um, somebody passes away, it can be a complete mess. Um, so you wanna identify that right from the start. Um, and even in operating your business, if you um, go for a loan from a bank, they need to know how decisions are made. So if there's three people in your business, do they all have to, do they have to decide unanimously? Do they all have to sign? Does one person have uh, more equity interest and have majority control? All those things um, should be spelled out in that agreement. So when you're setting it up, I'm probably harping on it too much, whether you come a stock and leader or not, please have an operating agreement because maybe I'll be dealing with you someday and I hope that you have an operating agreement. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier the federal EIN. Yep. If we can go back to that and talk a little bit more about what that is mm -hmm. and why it's important. So your federal EIN, think of it like your business's social security number. Um, it is the business's identifier. Um, it's really important for a variety of things, for um, often for applications with the IRS. Most importantly to most businesses when they're starting up, banks won't give you a bank account without your federal EIN. So, well most banks, I, I presume it's all, but when I deal with it with banks, they want your federal EIN. Um, so that's really important to get, and that is specific to the business. So if you've already started a business before, uh, that doesn't transfer over to anything new that you've done. You have to get a new EIN each time. Terrific. So for anyone who's joining in, we're talking today about what you should know when starting a business. We're joined by Kate Hines, business lawyer at Stock and & Leader, and Rebecca Hanlon, president of Aryer Media. Um, so again, at any point, you're welcome to ask questions by commenting below the video. Uh, a couple more questions that we have. Um, how do you know if you need a non-disclosure agreement, an NDA? Yep, so that was largely what I was talking about before. An NDA or a non-disclosure agreement and a confidentiality agreement are one and the same thing. So if you have anything that you want to keep confidential, you can have a uh, non-disclosure agreement. It can be with an employee, where we often see it, um, and this is something we haven't talked about, is if you're buying a business. So that's another way uh, that people often enter the world of entrepreneurship is by buying an already existing business. So if you're doing your due diligence at the beginning of that, um, you might be given a non-disclosure agreement because you're going to be given access to the seller's 
financial information and employment information and a lot of sensitive information. Vice versa, if you're ever on the selling end and you're putting your business out to potentially be purchased, you want to protect your information that way as well. Um, in case the deal falls through, you want to make sure that that information is private and confidential and that there are consequences if, if they leak that information. If you're becoming a first-time business owner, kind of like Rebecca was, whether it's that you're starting it up yourself or you've bought the business, mm -hmm. um, what are some expectations that you have as an attorney of that individual? What do you expect that they might be handling on their end? Um, or information that they need to provide to you? So, you know, when, if somebody's starting up, I mean, they need to be able to provide me with um, their ownership structure. Um, so if there's more than one person, how they're going to own that entity and what percentages. Um, you can own an entity in a variety of ways, um, and that can be discussed. If they're buying a business, uh, what are their expectations um, and what are they purchasing? Um, so, you know, oftentimes that first counseling, if you're in a, in a purchase situation, is discussing the different ways that you can buy a business. You can buy um, the stock of a business, uh, which means you get the stock certificates or um, the LLC interests for newer businesses, excuse me, newer businesses. Um, and then you get all the assets that come along. Uh, in an asset purchase, you are just purchasing the assets, which um, can be equipment, it can be um, vehicles, uh, real estate, it can be intellectual property, uh, including names, websites, phone numbers, things like that. So in that meeting, you know, talking about the substance of what you're buying is, is really important. Um, I don't know if that answered the question, but nonetheless. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So um, thanks for anyone who has joined us and is tuning in. Um, again, we're talking today about what you should know when you're starting a business. Joined by business lawyer Kate Hines and our York Media President Rebecca Hamlin. Um, another question that we have is, as a business owner, how do you go about limiting your personal liability? So I think you've talked about the structure of the businesses. You can talk a little bit more about how you can kind of protect yourself as a business owner. Yeah, so when you start an LLC, um, one of the mistakes we see is that folks create it and then they put it on the shelf and they say, I have an LLC, I'm protected. And that's not reality. I mean, the, the idea of the LLC, if I haven't discussed this before, is to create a shield between you, your personal assets, so your personal home, your personal vehicle, um, et cetera, and your business operations. Um, but there are things that you need to do once you form the LLC to make sure uh, that those personal assets uh, remain protected. There's something called piercing the corporate veil. Um, it's a legal concept whereby um, a, a creditor or somebody that has a liability against you can pierce through that shield that you've created if you don't act in accordance with your LLC. So um, a big example of this is commingling money. So if you don't set up separate bank accounts for your LLC and your personal assets and money's just flowing through, somebody might come down the line and say, that's not, that's not an LLC, that's just you look at what's going on with this money. So that's one example. Uh, there are other things um, 
that I would go over uh, with folks uh, that they met with me. But that is, you know, the, mo the most important thing I can say if you start a business and you have an entity, whether it be a corporation or a limited liability company, is think of it as something that is completely separate from you. Even if you are one person, it is separate from you and always should be. When you think about um, setting up that business, the one thing that we haven't discussed yet is a business plan. Mm -hmm. And is that something that is important for you as an attorney to see or to just know that it's there? Um, what's the importance of the business plan to you? So this is probably more of a question for, for you, uh, but <laughs> I, I generally, if people call and ask me about a business plan and if I can help them with it, um, I send them to SCORE uh, or, or an organization like SCORE. Um, from my perspective, um, I, that doesn't really come into the conversation too much. That's more of a conversation likely with your accountant or your other financial advisors. Um, but a business plan, I can tell you, is very important from uh, the perspective of making it as a business. Um, so I don't know if you have any thoughts on business plans or... Sure. <laughs> we, we are probably not the best example of a business <laughs> plan. When we first started, we had like a general idea of what we were doing. We did not have a formal business plan when we first formed. Um, when we rebranded about a year into it, that was an opportunity where we said, we should do this. We didn't really do it a year ago. We were in such a rush to kind of get going, which I think might be the excuse of a lot of entrepreneurs, like, let's get this on the road and do it. Um, so that was an opportunity where we went back. SCORE has templates online where you kind of download it and it walks you through. I think it was a really good practice in kind of fleshing out your idea. It asks questions in there or requires you to um, have information that maybe you wouldn't have had initially with your idea, but now you have to go back and do research or um, you have to lay out financials or a legal plan or those aspects of it. Um, we've not in our business so far had a need where we had to present it to anyone. Um, but it was a good practice for us to go through. And I know some people will, every couple of years as your business evolves, go through and update it. Because it is a good practice to kind of see are you reaching where you projected you might be in five to ten years or have things moved and you need to just have this, you know, kind of your thoughts out on paper. That's, that's how I've looked at a business plan. Some people may have a different perspective on it. We've never had a need so far for us where we had to present anyone with it. But I think it's a really good practice to flesh out your idea and have everything on paper. Absolutely. Um, so, Rebecca, this is probably more a question for you as well. We've asked Kate what commonly asked questions that she gets as a business lawyer, um, but certainly as a business owner, are there questions that you've received from other people who might be interested in starting a business and so they're looking to you for advice? Um, what would you say for anyone who's starting a business? Um, here's what you would recommend. Um, there's not a whole lot of questions that I feel that I get, but I know I have a lot of questions <laughs> even still. And so, um, you know, Will and I, when we started Our York Media, I mean, I don't know that we had any business starting a business. You know, we, we didn't study that in college. Um, we had never been business owners before. And so if you look at, at that, we had no background in it. So for us, it's been um, learning from other people who have established successful businesses and talking to them about um, different aspects of that. When it came time for 
us to hire, we, we sought out people who we really thought that they had engaged employees and met with their CEO and said, how did you do that? Because we're ready for that next step and, and we need to learn that. Um, and, and learning who those, those mentors are, that maybe even if we meet with them on a one-off basis, um, because there's something that they did that we admired, um, it, it's not necessarily us even now knowing it. I'm, I heard from someone recently that um, they go to SCORE on a quarterly basis, and this is a business that's well-established, and I thought, why do you have to go to SCORE? Um, but you know, he talked about how this was just a way to keep him accountable and think of things he wouldn't on his own, and I thought that's, that's a really great perspective. I think even when you establish a business, it, it's a constantly changing beast. You know, there's legal issues, there's as you grow, are you growing in the right way? Um, where I think it's knowing where to go when you have the questions, going to people who are more established. Um, so for us, it was employment questions. How do we hire people who are gonna be engaged and passionate about what we do and, and carry that mission? Um, it was, as, as we grow, how do we know that financially the projections are going in the right direction? Um, uh, in the same line as we grow, um, legally, were there any things that needed to fill the gap because things change and um, as those changes are happening, are we still as set up and established as we were from the start? So those were the questions that we have kind of regularly dealt with um, that I think you would find from other people. I don't really have the answers or the ability to give advice, but I can tell you, you know, go to people who have done that, that you admire, um, and learn from them. I have found, especially in York County, people are really open and willing to just share that with you. We have a great um, business leadership example here that people are willing to share that, and it's, mm -hmm. it's really great. So Rebecca, you kind of answered this by saying, go to the people who have the knowledge to help you and, and the resources available to help you. Um, but my question to both of you as we kind of wrap up is, you know, what would you tell people who are either, they're new to owning a business, um, whether it's because they're starting it themselves or they're purchasing it, um, what, what is, you know, like if you give them the biggest piece of advice, what would it be? I mean, I'm kind of on the same page as Rebecca. I think getting a team in place uh, to help you along is really important. Um, so Rebecca said at the beginning, um, getting your lawyer and your accountant is really important. I'll add a third one, which is often your bank, um, if you need any money uh, for your operations. Uh, but getting those people to guide you, to uh, ask you the questions and give you the information that you're not even thinking of, um, that, are, that is outside of you know, your perspective, because then you can focus on your business and what's important and know that you're protected from you know, the accounting side and the legal side and, and, and whatnot, so. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you wanted to add or is that pretty much? I think that sums it up. Like, you know, I, I sometimes um, follow entrepreneurial groups online or on Facebook and I see people all the time in these groups asking questions on finances or legal issues and I get so nervous when I see them because I'm like, these people don't know your business or what you're doing, like you should have someone, um, you know, I had a, a mentor once ask us who was in our kitchen cabinet and I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, who's in there that you can pull from and ask advice and I think those questions, um, while you can learn from other people in your circles, like you really need to know someone who knows what they're doing because 
it's going to save you a lot of grief long term so your business can grow and be successful. Absolutely. So if anyone does have any additional questions, they're welcome to certainly contact Staff and Leader. Mm -hmm. um, we'll try and get back to them. Um, Kate, do you want to talk a little bit about how they can get in touch with Stock and Leader? Sure. So you can go to our website. It's www.stockandleader.com. That's all spelled out. Um, you can contact me directly if you have any questions. My email is my initials, kh at stockandleader.com. That's all spelled out. Or you can call our office, 717-846-9800. So just to reiterate, that's www.stockandleader.com andleader.com um, and also the phone number is 717-846-9800 and of course anyone is also welcome to message uh, Stock and Leader on Facebook as well. Um, so Kate and Rebecca, thank you both so much for joining us today. It was great to hear all of your feedback um, and of course thanks for everyone who tuned in on Facebook. Thank you.